Hey, 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 hey. All right. So good to see you all. Welcome. Good afternoon to everybody. Welcome to the JB Font channel. I'm your host, James Fontleroy. Just to let you guys know that the JB Font show is also available on all major podcast platforms like Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, so you can subscribe to me there. I'm also part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network, so you can find me on the JB Show on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RBN. You can also catch me on RBN Live on Tuesdays at 4 and the Savvy and JB Show on Thursdays at 6. Please make sure to give this video a thumbs up. And if you're new to the channel, please take that gorgeous appendage of yours and smash down that subscribe button. Yes, thank you very much in advance. And also click the link bell to notif be notified of the notifications when I go live or have any content uploaded at all. And if you do, I might just promise you cookies if I can give it through the screen. Maybe not, but it's a thought that counts, right? <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to all my Patreons on Coffee and Patreon. For without you, I am nothing. 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 I'm <laughs> sorry. Little Whitney Houston humor. Um, and thank you so much for your additional support. And I'm deeply humbled from the top and bottom of my heart. So I appreciate it. Also, to anybody that's watching as well as on Twitch, Rockfin, and Rumble, thank you so much for tuning in as well. I just like to say hello to everybody that's in the family that is joining in in the chat. And today I have a very special and distinguished guest with me. I have Shelley Michelle. <laughs> so good <laughs> to see you. <laughs> you know, I got you know, I gotta be silly once in a while, you know what I mean. Hey, we live for being silly, right? When life is what life is these days, we have to have our humor and our fun. You know, that's essential. So, yeah, thank you for having me on again. So, thank you. Thank you so much for joining. And, you know, I mean, look, there has been a lot going on uh, in the news uh, lately. There's also been a lot going on worldwide. There's been a lot been going on even in our personal lives. So, you... Uh, you stable? Because <laughs> I don't know about me. I'm, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that one of the special skills that comes from being disabled is mm -hmm. the ability to minimize what we're going through mm. and package it in a way that everybody can understand. And then we're left with basically our own community of people that are already run ragged and struggling on their own to rely yeah. on for us for help. So that ongoing process is, is it's never ending. It's just one thing on top of another. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's a really good point. It's, you know, that meme where I think that's that little dog that's in a burning room and he's like, everything's fine. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, everybody's like, JB, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. You know, and it's just it's just the mentality that comes from it. And you always seem to think that you're an inconvenience to somebody else. And it, it's a very gruesome analogy. But here's how my mindset works. I'm the type of person, trigger warning, this is a gruesome analogy, but I'm here to make a point. I'm the type of person 
that if you stab me in the neck and my blood gushes all over you, I'm going to apologize for you to getting the blood all over you. Right. So that's the way my mind works. And it's almost like an inferiority complex where you think of yourself so much less. And then anytime you even ask for any type of assistance, you feel like, yeah, I'm not worthy of it even to even ask for it. You know, Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever felt that way before. It's this, and people need to realize that the experience of being disabled is what brought us to this point where we're so dissociated from our experience mm -hmm. in order yeah. to survive. You know, yeah. so when, for me, I mean, I'm at a different part of my life right now. And that different part comes with a lot of lessons and, and learning opportunities and things like that. And I'm tired of learning, I'll admit to that, but also I enjoy learning. Mm -hmm. So it's this double-edged sword, but it's like, I know anytime I'm asking for help, I can be judged for that help, for that yes. request. Yes. You know, oh, do you really need more food? You're fat enough already. <sighs> or why do you want that McDonald's burger when it'd be better for you to go spend $20 on a different burger someplace else? Not Without to mention I can't really? get... Yeah. Yeah. No, no, please continue. Oh, I was going to say, because you and I, we don't cue well with our, with our, we can't, we don't, we're not used to each other yet. We'll get there. Um, but the, I can't even get into that fancy burger place, you know, with my wheelchair because they're so fancy that they didn't include disabilities to start with. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, there's always a judgment based on without recognizing our limitations, right? And so, like, for instance, some people will say, and I, I'm not afraid to show it. I have a, literally have a catheter in my chest right now mm -hmm. because of dialysis, but hopefully I'm getting it out soon. But a lot of times people will go, we'll just, you know, just go out and do this thing outside. And I'm like, I live in Florida. It's in the middle of August now, September. And you want me to go outside? and sweat and get this thing wet and the thing is they don't know my limitations so for instance last time this thing got wet last time i sweat i almost went into septic shock and i was in the hospital for five for five days in the icu so i'm not trying to have that happen again so sweating's not an option for me right with this thing in my chest and once it comes out and heals over then yes i can do that but even still i still have energy limitations when it comes to things like chronic fatigue so it, it you know when it comes to our limitations some people are just so ignorant to that fact and so they it's just like okay uh a few months ago my you know comrade from rbn rome was down here for tour for the poor and i was excited to help him out with tour for the poor yeah. but i was disappointed I was disappointed in myself because my energy sapped so quickly mm -hmm. that there was times where Rome had me and Rome would have to stop for me to rest just in order to be able to continue keep going. Right. And there was times where I just couldn't keep going. And you know, Rome was running circles around me. But the thing is, right. is that I tried to do the best I can, but 
I was basically laying on the concrete because I I couldn't go any further. Yeah. And so JB, so, I, I just ahead. want to interject real quick in that there is a way to create an event or an engagement that is more universally designed and more thoughtfully designed that would mm-hmm. facilitate you engaging to your full capacity for as long as you can. And then it, they'd have a rest place for you to go when you needed to lay down. Mm-hmm. Disabled activists have done that before, you know, in mm-hmm. California, especially where they had a self-care float in their march, you know, where anybody mm-hmm. who got sick or got tired could go and rest and they were not judged for needing to rest. And that's mm-hmm. the difference. And that's the difference that the learning curve that I think a lot of people have to realize that in order mm-hmm. to get to a better world, we need to facilitate everybody showing up when they can, how they can, and not extract too much from them, but rather regenerate them in ways that builds going forward. Yeah. But that's just a a, a more eloquent way of seeing to each according to their ability and to each according to their need, right? Yeah. As long as people understand the ability and the need to start with. That's but the if key. the intention of inclusion hasn't been put forward and started at the very beginning of things, disabled people are struggling to catch up all the time. And then we're just inevitable that we're left behind. You know? That's true. That's true. I think, you know how they have the the whole people fear what they don't understand? Well, I also think that people overlook what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And people run the other way when they're afraid of what they don't understand. That is true, too. Um, because uh, one thing, and I, and I said this in a tweet, and I should have brought it up, but I, I, I don't know if you saw it, but I said for people who do not pay attention there's so many people who don't pay attention to, like, for instance, social security disability, right? Mm-hmm. And I said in a tweet, one of these two things inevitably is going to happen. Either one, you become a disabled, or number two, you're going to become old. It's going to be happen one of the two ways. It's going to happen. It's not might happen. It's going to happen. And if the yeah. third, the only other third option is you're dead. And so... Something could happen where an accident may happen, you may become disabled, or you may have some underlying condition that you didn't know about or that you did know about that went untreated that may make you disabled, or you just grow old. Or you live in a capitalist society that extracts every ounce of well-being out of you, yeah. Now you see, I see why I invited the show on. But, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm so silly. But you made a great point, right? And so if you don't realize that, you need to pay attention. Because really, aren't we, in a sense, the canaries in the coal mine when it comes to a lot of policies that have been going on? And even including, uh, wait, was it last Was it last week? I think it was last week where I covered the story about uh, you have some Republicans that are trying to pick back up cutting and privatizing Social Security. So the thing is with all of this, and and I put Alice Wong 
I want to call Alice Long into this because she was one of the first oracles that started talking about canaries in a coal mine and disabled people being those oracles mm -hmm. for what's to come. Yeah. Um, and she has a book that just released today. So I do want to amplify that that book is awesome. It's like the year of the tiger. It's her memoir. And she talks about her experience. Mm -hmm. But with that, you have to go back a little bit further into policies and procedures and practices much like it's not the same as racism but racism has a long history that goes back disability yes. does as well and that long history has created a scenario in 2022 mm -hmm. where disabled people are devalued and pushed aside you know yes. and we are similar to unhoused on the street people that are unhoused where it's like you're constantly you can't look at them because you don't want to admit that this is a product of what we do. Yeah, yeah. The same with disability. We want it to be the individual's responsibility and only the individual's responsibility to fix themselves and all that's wrong in their world. When we're navigating as disabled people, we are navigating systems that are inadequate and made to be inadequate because we do not matter. And we are considered in the institutional and the legal sense, a burden on society. Yeah. Well, eugenics is real. It is. And I think that some of us suffer eugenics by means of of, oh, of neglect. I think that we suffer that, especially in the disabled community. So then you'll have some people that are saying, you know, because I don't know if this was an Onion article. I don't know if it was real. It looked like it was real, but they were talking about how... um assisting people you know in 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 death could save us money and i'm like wait what and then a lot of times they'll look at people like you and me and go well you guys are just burdens on the system and it's like how are we burdens on the system and this goes into the thinking of economic or labor value versus human value mm -hmm. yep and so my question to you is, and, and I said this before, and I don't think too many people really push back against it because, it, you know, it kind of makes sense. When you look at a baby, it can't really do much. It can't produce anything. But we put so much human value, so much intrinsic value in a baby that we're like... Yes, this is the future. You know, we, we have to take care of it as much as we possibly can, right? Man, you see how many political ads talk about the children, the children, the children, the children. I believe the children are our future. So they talk about that, right? But here's the question. Why in a capitalist society is it that children are regarded so highly? I say it's actually less about their human value and more about mm -hmm. the potential labor value that they hold up. Yeah. Because the thing yep. is, if if they really cared about the actual human value of children, then you would care about the the, the human value of adults as well. Because mm -hmm. guess what? Children are just adults in training. And the thing is that people don't and and and, and this is what gets me on in my in my head. It just it just chaps my behind, right? 
is when people talk about, oh, we cut child poverty in half. My thing is, number one, that actually wasn't true that they didn't cut child poverty in half with that tax, that child tax credit. But anyways, that's a digress. But my thing is, if you really want to ch- cut child poverty, then you also have to cut poverty for their parents too. But what about their parents? They're adults. But then we put in our mind, well, you know, they they have this responsibility on themselves. It's not a community or societal responsibility. It's not our fault that the system, even though the way the system is, they were in that position. So therefore, the the, the idea of a actual applying human value to people, it's just non-existent. And so it's like, and, and this is why, like, a lot of us, we were taught, you know, especially especially in the black community, I'm going to say this, is that as soon as you con- consider it legally an adult, get out of my house. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, but don't I have human value? And I feel yeah. that's what the, 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 the divide is between with people, how they view us and how they view, you know, typically able people. You know what I mean? Right. It's intrinsic value within capitalism is based in our means of production. So automatically it's based in, you know, and if even, so I struggle even with Marx and with a lot of the socialism framing because the socialism doesn't go, doesn't, isn't deliberate enough about meeting human needs. Um, It's, it's deliberate in the sense of, you know, ownership, mass ownership, you know, community control, all of that stuff. But, but any system we create within a, the toxic systems that we're currently in is going to replicate the conditions of capitalism and the beliefs that are based in capitalism. So capitalism, yeah. racism, ableism are all intertwined. Um, yeah. You know, I grew up in a family where it was wake up and pee, the world's on fire and, um, you know, look out for number one and, you know, survival of the fittest. And, yeah. you know, then when I became disabled, of course, I was the black mark on this family because uh, up until that point, I was the good little girl. I looked forward to going to school and advancing and doing different things, all the while being in a toxic, abusive household that led to more trauma, more health struggle, more life struggle as the world went on, you know. But it's like. I've found a home within especially the the indigenous, queer, uh, black and brown, uh, disabled activists that put forward disability justice as a framework as opposed to the disability rights model that is so white, you know? Because we all need to have value. And by extracting, by refusing us that value that is inherent in just who and what we are, it doesn't matter that I need a wheelchair to get from point A to point B unless and until there's a barrier in my way. And that barrier is 10 degrees out of my control. So why is it that I'm the one responsible for fixing the barrier? Yeah, it's not like you asked to be in that position. Right, but I am judged. I am judged for being a a fat woman. I am judged for being in a wheelchair. I am judged for every emotional response I have. I am judged for you know, within the medical system, I'm judged for for having too much to deal with. I'm judged for not working hard enough when I bust my butt all the time to be 
to fight the system that is set up to kill me so that, you know, I have to actively advance things before the system can drop the ball. And then I have to stay on the system to keep them addressing it. But all of this judgment is what we, what the podcasts help with, you know, by sharing information and sharing knowledge with other people, by developing a, a group of people that support you and, and, you know, foster who you are. You have value just because of, we all have value just because because of who we are and because we exist. Yeah. yeah. And, and that is a really great segue into, uh, uh, I wasn't planning on going this, this, this early, but I, I just, I got to share this. Um, and I hope you don't mind, but there was something that you wrote that I was just like, Michelle's on point here. Uh, so this is mm -hmm. all out of your Medium article, and you wrote uh, an, uh, a piece called Harm. And if you don't mind, uh, would you like me to read it or you can read it? I'm okay either way. Um, probably you, it's a little easier because it's slightly smaller on my screen and my eyes, okay. I need glasses that I haven't purchased yet. So. It's okay. I got it. Okay. So it says capitalism and its toxic structures harm everyone. Division serves only the ownership class. What do you serve when pointing at someone else's mistakes and flaws? Please stop the division and agree to disagree on elements of strategy and seek discourse on elements of opinion. When we disagree with strategy and or opinion, it is often filled with nuances that we miss in the time that we have available. If you find yourself disagreeing, then please pause and reflect on the traumas present and the power balance or lack thereof of the parties involved. We are all hurting. The harder the situation is, the harder it is to survive. Those who experience high levels of oppression are hurting at higher levels. Black, Indigenous, Latine, and other people of color, disabled people, lower income families, immigrants, and so on. We all make difficult decisions and react to things instead of acting thoughtfully and with intention. Sometimes the only way a person can respond is to react with anger when there is more toxic crap poured on them. There are so many unmet needs and this complicates the interactions we have. Sometimes the fight or flight instincts are activated and the needs and fear of unmet needs are so high. Division happens when connection and understanding is needed. With all this said, we need to do better. And see, what does it mean to be in community with others? So I, I think that was a really just like punch in the arm when it comes to how we think of our human value, how we think of when people and how people interact with one another. And so I, I just want to thank you for that article, by the way, because that was really great. Um, and by the you way, know, I, I put the, the link in the description. What's up? You know the irony to that article? I what think I it? wrote it to something that Nick did. Uh, uh, Socialist MMA? RBN Nick? Yeah. Yeah, RBN Nick. Really? Yeah. Okay. And 
so there are periods of time within left space is amazing in many ways, but it's also very much a whole lot of conflict. Mm-hmm. And because we all are running high on energy or high on struggle or high on, you know, solidarity or whatever you want to talk about. And then we've got mm-hmm. so much other crap we're dealing with, too. And yeah. sometimes people just react. And that reaction is the flashpoint that everybody needed to start to disagree. Mm-hmm. And he posted something that was an academic study and his framing of it though was problematic. And, mm-hmm. you know, when he posted it, his intention I could see, or I mm-hmm. thought I could see, cause I can't know unless I actually ask the person what the intention was. But mm-hmm. with that, it's like, to me, it was, this is, it is a level of ridiculous. And it was kind of that response of, I can't believe we've been told this bull crap for so long, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, and now they're coming out saying, oh no, they, they were all wrong all along. And it's like, we knew they were wrong all along. They gaslit us into believing we, they were right, but now mm-hmm. they're saying well, they're wrong. So with that mm-hmm. comes a lot of the feelings and the intensity. And Adrian Marie Brown is like my idol and kind of somebody that I've followed off and on throughout my life. And she talks mm-hmm. about in her cancel culture little book it's a short little book mm-hmm. she talks about we are when you walk into a room it's one trauma against another trauma and Ooh. when there's conflict inevitably that conflict comes from those traumas rubbing together and not from the heart and the core of the individual hmm. okay so when we start to see conflict is inevitable Disability even is an inevitable, I'll take it to that extent, because I do feel that capitalism is is creating a mass disabling event, whether it's COVID or capitalism, it doesn't matter. They're all C's. Um, you know, but but transformative justice starts out from the premise that conflict is inevitable. Racism is here, capitalism, ableism, sexism, homophobia, all of those things are already in existence. So we've all learned those things. Mm-hmm. We have to intentionally decide to be in community with people. Yeah. And when we agree to be in community with people, there's a social contract around that process. And mm. that social contract then creates the, the crisis response, the harm reduction principles, the practices, the beliefs. And it's a living dynamic process that, mm-hmm. that you just have to engage with. And until we start to see that everybody's hurting and instead of lashing out at people, we need to lash out at the system. We're just wasting our time and energy and it hurts me. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I kind of empathetic, empathic, you know, sensitive person. I feel Mm -hmm. this because I care. And that blog post came from that point of, come on, people, we're making train wrecks. We're using energy we don't need to use on yeah. disagreeing and being angry because we disagree. We need to stop. We need to yeah. pause. You know, mm-hmm. we need to just agree that we're human beings struggling, you know? Yeah. And show up for one another when we can. Yeah. I think I think part of that also has to do with And and saying this as somebody you know was on the left, I think we need to get out of our own way. I think that's an issue that we continuously have. 
And even so much so to the point where when we talk about uniting on class lines in order to get ourselves to a better plateau as a society, even then, it's like how we climb that ladder is also in contention. It's like, well, no, you climb the ladder this way, not that way. And I'm like, but does it really matter as long as we go up? You know what I mean? And so for a lot of us, we're saying, look, the end is the goal. The process, how we get there. I mean, we want to go through the process as efficiently as possible, but we have to go through the process nonetheless. And the process means that going by class unity so that we can get ourselves to a point where there's more racial, uh, economic, uh, disability justice, uh, dis uh, justice for those of us who are, you know, part of the queer community, you know, that means that some of us have to put some things aside, not the very important things, you know, uh, like rank ableism, rank, you know, uh, sexism or, or homophobia or transphobia or, or racism. No, not those. But when it comes to people kind of uh, feeling around in the dark, so to speak, is to give them some deference and to be, you know, willing to say, eh, you're prickly on that. Let me help you to understand this in this way. So then they can learn while still being in community with us so we can move forward. And I think that it, I think it also takes some humility for those of us on the left, because like Sabby said a couple of weeks back, and I'll say it again, some of us can be very condescending and we mm -hmm. need to, we need to blunt that. We need to shave that down because the thing is, is this is why some people just do not want to associate with us because they feel that we look down our nose at them and we're probably correct on so many, like so many things we're correct on to the point but the thing is, even though we're correct on so many things, we also got to remember that we can be wrong on some things too. And I think that capitalism teaches the, teaches us that the compass is success. What I want to challenge people to start to consider, for me, my mm -hmm. success point is connection. Mm. Yeah. So when we stop looking at the end goal and start being intentionally and mindfully in the process of what we're doing in mm -hmm. community with a group of people that we've all agreed to do together and be together, mm -hmm. when a crisis or a, an issue arises, I have to remind myself of the humanity of people sometimes because I'm sorry, we all can be jerks and jackasses and everything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, no, I won't say that part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, that was a little too graphic in my brain, and I knew that. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're all going to want to know what I wanted to say, right? Uh, anyway, it's just the center core is connection and the human needs. Mm-hmm. And we have the skills and the tool set to actually dismantle the propaganda that is out there and 
the historical oppression that we've learned as normal. Yeah. When we start to do all of those things, it changes who we are. I mean, for myself, I felt that transition too, and I'm still involved in it, but transformative mm -hmm. justice is important and valuable in community, a skill in community building and um, bridging difference. Um, tool sets like uh, power mapping, you know, tool sets like looking at where our positions of privilege are when we're in community with other people deliberately allows everybody to learn more about the next time, you know? Yeah. And that's the, that's the power of community. Together, we are so much stronger. Mm -hmm. um, but yet, yeah. why is it that when I start to talk about this medical need or that medical need or this medical appointment that I feel like I have to be somebody different for some people. And that's the ableism that's still present in our leftist spaces. You know, and that ableism, we need to do the deep dive into the structural elements of ableism that we all carry with us because we've been taught that that's normal. And until we unlearn that, nobody's gonna realize that it's not, it's not the disabled person's fault, it's capitalism, it's the structure, and everybody is responsible for addressing those deficits, you know, in society, not in the individual. The individual's perfect as they are. They're exactly how they are in that moment, who they're supposed to be, right or wrong. If they want to be an ass in that moment, that's who they are. Something made them be that ass. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so how do we create a different world if we're, if we're re-implementing the structures that are currently toxic to so many of us, you know, mm. and that's the part that I think we still need more deliberate, intentional time discussing and looking at, you know, especially within the theory discussions around all of the elements that people want to bring forward, you know. Uh, one of the things I want to uh, bring up uh, is CJ is in the chat. So our pal CJ is in the chat. So good to see you as well. Uh, chat, uh, looking in. Um, but there's something that I, I really wanted to bring out is it's all about nuance and understanding one another. And one of the things that I want to really shine a light on or, or give flowers to is the folks who organized Camp Dada that happened this past weekend. They actually physically got together and taught each other different things as far as advancing ourselves forward organizationally and things like that, which I really appreciate. And I think that's something that a lot of us need to do more of. Uh, and so that's something I would like to do a lot more of, especially with local people here in my area in Orlando, you know, with people who want to, uh, you know, get together and really push forward a more egalitarian, more equitable and, and equal agenda for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like I said in a tweet a, a few days ago, by helping you, I'm helping myself. Right. Um, one of the things, that, and, and I had a conversation um, privately with my guest that I'll have, you know, on the special tonight, um, John Stasevich. She's running is an independent uh, for president in 2024. Um, but one of the things that he said that I, I, I forgot this phrase, but it just like 
it hits me like a ton of bricks now, and I really want to implement this more, is he said, it's not about who is right. It's about what is right. Right. And so I think that's something that a lot of us, once we start to keep that in mind about what is right instead of who is right, I think that is also a huge help to us because then it takes the ego out of it. And I think that's one of the biggest things. American, Americans, I, I, I'm i going to stop. I'm, stop, I'm stop, trying to stop saying Americans was, there's multiple countries in America. But right. U, USians, <laughs> <laughs> we are very egotistical people, mm-hmm. very ego driven, you know, and it's very, this is America and we can do this. And I'm like, can we though? I mean, there's other countries that actually literally have more of the American dream than this country does. And so I think we need to take our ego out of it because we view other countries as competition. And I tweeted this earlier. I said the best method for our survival and even to us thriving is through cooperation and collaboration. But that means that you have to put your ego to the side. Capitalism is a very egotistical institution, very egotistical thing. And I think that in order to have something that's more uh, cooperative and collaborative, we have to actually have to have a system that encourages that rather than stifles it. Yeah. I went to Japan as a foreign exchange student when I was 15. Oh, Um, okay. And in the preparation for that trip, we kind of explored the egocentricity of the United States, the residents, people in the US, you know, how ethnocentric we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we think that our experience is what everybody wants and what everybody is looking for and all of these other things. So Mm -hmm. living in a country where everybody was somewhat shorter than me um, and they were all kind of different from me taught me a lot um, about that ethnocentricity also about white being white and being you know the the difference of diversity and the difference of oppression in different positional privileges and stuff but it's like ethnocentrism is like what we're doing is right it's always right and then you go to the arrogance of power and you have that added layer of we're right. We want to occupy the world. We want to colonize the world. And they don't realize that's what they're doing in the actions that we're doing. But I want to go back to the point you made about it's not that we're right or wrong. It's that the situation or the solution is right or wrong. And I think that that's also a part of looking at intention versus impact. You know, we all, when we're in community with people, The intention is to be in community with people. If you step outside of that intention, you can call somebody on that intention. But, but, you know, on, hey, I want you here right now. Can we be present with one another? If you're struggling, is there something I can do to help you stay grounded or reach grounded again? You know, versus going into, and it's hard to do this, though. It's hard to stop our programming Mm -hmm. to see the human being that's across from us. That's not a dollar sign. That's not a bucket of, of needs. It's, it's, it's those Mm -hmm. human needs. So how do we, you know, how do we do this? And it's a whole lot of planning and being different from what we're used to is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think 
most Americans, most U.S. residents, I'm going to correct myself too, um, mm -hmm. you know, most of us kind of, you know, that's the scarcity thing going on too, is we, we know better, but yet we don't have the time to actually do better. Oh, and then, yeah. And then we get tired and it's like, no, I just want to go to my safety of my home and, and you know, do everything else. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's like, how do we build better? How do we connect better? How do we create the solutions that are so, so needed right now um, within too many systems? And corporate-backed parties are not an answer to that. You know, corporate-backed parties are never going to understand the human need because they don't want to look at the human need because they yeah. want to look at what makes them money. Yes. And yeah. what supports their power. And it's like, I'm sorry, people, I'm tired of supporting your power. It's time to support people power. And let's get yeah. some more people fighting for people power and take these spaces back, you know? So. Yeah, I, I, I'm tired of paying for somebody else's yacht. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired of paying for your second, third and fourth and fifth house. I'm tired of, you know, uh, of, you know, you taking and hoarding the dollars that are circulating in this country and putting it into the Cayman Islands. I'm tired of it. And I, and I don't want it anymore. You know, and the thing is, is that, and I always say this, everybody wants to talk about personal responsibility, but they never want to talk about community responsibility or social responsibility. And we are all related. If you want to go at it from a, a theist angle, well, we're all created, you know, under one God or whatever. If you want to go from an atheist and scientist, science related, we are all cousins. I think at the max, I think we're all like eighth cousins. Every single human on this planet is related to one another some way, shape or form. So therefore, we're all in this together. And one one thing I always try to harp on 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 this channel is that this connection, your pain is my pain, and your joy is my joy. With that being said, it behooves me to make sure that you're okay. Because if you're not okay, then that's going to be maybe not directly, but it's going to be an indirect route to me no longer being okay in some way, shape, or form. Because it's all a domino effect. And so right. when it comes to those of us that are disabled or differently abled, then why does that stop with us? Why does that care stop with us? Why is it only limited to the people who share the closest blood ties with us? It doesn't make yep. sense. And so when people go, oh, well, you're just responsible for your own. It's like, but even still, even under capitalism, people aren't completely responsible for their own. Because what got you the you know that pavement on those streets to get to where you needed to go? You know, what who who created these tools? Who who created the infrastructure to regulate the tools so that they wouldn't break down when you're using them in order to grow something and even to use it to exploit other people to get to that point? Even still, is a is a perversion of the collective, you know, uh, of collective ability. So with that being said, I'm just like, wait a minute, no, 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 no. 
we should reprioritize so that everybody has each according to their ability and each according to their need while realizing that the purpose really should be so that everybody has a base. But for some people, they just don't agree. And I think that is partially because of ego, because they think that they're better than others. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and what you're talking on touches on the term that I like to use a lot, which is collective access. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we have, and I'm going to go into an analogy that may or may not work because I'm making it up on the fly because I like to do that. And I tend to leave people behind when I do this. So I'll be. Mm-hmm. Let me know if I'm not clear. But mm-hmm. you've got a big bucket, right? Yeah. If you put dividers in the bucket, you've moved the water, you shifted things around, you've made it whatever, but you're still holding all of that entity. But when we're collectively together as people, mm-hmm. we don't realize that the water's going to move up and down. And sometimes it's not anything that's in our control. It's mm-hmm. just that 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 struggle of life, you know, it, it, we've got a new election, new this, new that, new whatever, you know, whatever happened. Mm-hmm. I lost my job today, which means the water's going to shift and it shifts for everybody who's connected to me, whether I want to realize that or not. No matter mm-hmm. how much I try to isolate myself from everybody else, what mm-hmm. happens to me is is the domino effect that you talked about happens to all of us. Yeah, And when we start to realize that that's the reality, we start to realize that collectively, when Mm -hmm. we are intentional about meeting the needs in the room, Mm -hmm. and they're human needs, mind you, they're not different needs, they may be different from each other, but they're not different in a way of making it special. Um, You know, so when we get to those human needs, if, if I meet Sally that needs a Wi-Fi signal for the Zoom event that I'm doing. If I enable, if I make it so she can engage, I have just added to the capacity of that group. I have not detracted from. Yeah. This Zooming, you know, the streaming platforms are great because they're they're low signal. They're they're fairly, you know, they don't take up a lot of memory on a computer or a device, and then it makes a pretty picture. And it's like, great, we have a pretty picture. Um, you know, versus Zoom that is very clunky and very everything else and, and, you know, just the different platforms that are out there. But when we meet the human needs, we have collectively become more. Yeah. And it's hard because people are like, oh, but you make me uncomfortable. So I just don't want to deal with that right now. And their discomfort, which as a white person, I should be more, I, you know, this is a clue to me of something that I have to constantly be mindful of i have white privilege i have white comfort in order for me to be an active ally i have to go outside of that comfort zone yeah but everybody needs to go outside of their comfort zone even people that are disabled they are internalized they have internalized ableism that impacts them impacts their understanding of things impacts everything along those lines and it's like if we go into a space going, oh, I'm perfect the way I am. I don't have to change. I'm just here because we need to occupy the world and we need to create a revolution and take over the world. But, oh, we'll deal with you after the revolution. You don't have to be here right now. What has that done? How has that helped anybody? Because I'm sorry, canaries in a coal mine are very valuable critters. You know, we are very valuable. 
We can yeah. forecast and foretell circumstances that most people have not had to experience. And we yeah. give this as a freaking gift to you all so that you wake up and see things like COVID being a mass disabling event. And it doesn't matter whether it, we blame it on, on masking or not masking or vaccinations or not vaccinating. You know, mm -hmm. what matters is people are fucking dying. I had COVID recently. I'm still suffering because of having COVID. I don't need more disabilities, yet you all are saying, oh, the pandemic's over. Let's throw everything up and go out and everybody can just be, you know, happy-go-lucky capitalists making more money for, for the capitalists so that we can survive. I'm sorry, you're killing me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And instead of holding on to, I'm right, I'm right. My understanding is 100% right. And you're right. Your understanding is based in your lived experience. And you have reasons for believing that just like I have reasons for believing it too. Mm -hmm. And my reasons are based also in my experience, which may or may not be what the CDC is actually promoting as what's just mm -hmm. or right or wrong. But we all have to check it. You know, it, it's funny in, in many years of therapy and treatment, there was this one phrase that pissed me off because they were talking, it was cognitive behavioral therapy. With cognitive behavioral therapy, this one program I was in, it was an intensive day program to help me through a difficult time. Mm -hmm. It was catch it, check it, change it. That was their mantra that they wanted us all to learn. We had to catch our negative thoughts and then check them against the reality using whatever tools we could pick up and then change it. And that would make our, our life a better place. Funny, I hated it through that whole time. And I actually dropped out early of the treatment program because they weren't really meeting my needs. They were doing a cookie cutter approach that wasn't really helping me much. But now mm -hmm. I use the catch it, check it, change it with privilege. Okay. So if you have privilege, let's check or catch it first when you do that wrong, because we're all going to do that wrong. Yeah. Check it against your friends, have your network go, oh, yeah, you messed up. JB, mm -hmm. you should, you know, stop talking about Americans when you talk about stop calling U.S. residents Americans because America is a larger thing. You know, that's that's the catch it. And then you've gone to the next step with that issue because it's fairly I mean, it's an important issue, but it's we just dealt with it so much in my brain. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, but then but now you're working to change it. And by changing it, you are also changing people and you know, changing that belief that that mm -hmm. Americans is just U.S. residents when Americas are many countries that are mm -hmm. around us. So it's it's ironic how a tool I hated I can now use as a way of mm -hmm. labeling my misbehavior when it happens, you know, and being accountable. And that's yeah. that's a lost skill set, too, is the act of accountability and what it means when people can just pay to get out of jail free, you know, not jail, jail, but they make a mistake, they can pay to cover it up. Um, yeah. Cause trust me, the people that do get, I don't know where that saying came from JB cause it doesn't really make sense. Most people can't bail themselves out of jail to begin with cause the system's too toxic, but yeah, sorry, segue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and you, you touched on something and even though I am queer, black and disabled, I do have a privilege as a male. Mm -hmm. And so I have to check that as well. And so, you know, once we, you know, uh, what was it? Catch it, check it, change it. 
if it was catch it uh, check it change it catch it check it change it okay thank you once we do that you know i think that but but that's also a suspension of the ego right because you have to be willing to catch it check it and change it and say mm -hmm. yes i was wrong yeah and if you're not willing to do that then you wind up with people like Joe Biden and Donald Trump <laughs> because they're not willing to catch it, check it, and change it. And this is one of the reasons why. And you also, not just them, but a whole host of people who have been in power for so long because they haven't done that either. And so this is why we're in, you know, the proverbial pile of shit that we're in right now is because people, you know, they have this assumption that they're right about on just about everything. And so they don't look at other groups and say, well, what has your experience been? It's just like, for instance, a, a, a venture capitalist will never look at somebody like me or you and think, well, their experience was that much different. Maybe we should uh, rechange the system in order to help them so that they can have a leg up just like I did. No, 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 no. They're not going to do that because they feel in your mind, oh, no, I got here. I got here. On, you know, don't even use the word I'm self-made, which is complete BS term. Dear God, people need to stop doing that. Shout out to you, Jay-Z. Anyway. <laughs> and then on top of it, what a lot of times what we'll do, and this is the point that I also want to make, is that we'll use this this ego in order to make other people invisible like for instance the homeless and then we'll say oh well you deserve to be invisible because of a moral failing mm -hmm. as if somehow you know you having the disability that you have or me having the disability i have is a moral failing in itself so therefore you also deserve to be uh, you deserve to be invisible or we just don't want to see your suffering in, within this system because if we, you're reminded, if you remind us of the system that we're in, then that means that it may move our hearts to want to change it and we don't want to change it because we're selfish pricks. And I mean, there's, a, there's another piece to that too, though, because our structures in our society does not teach people the resources that are made available because they're mm -hmm. afraid that those resources are going to be depleted mm -hmm. so with that when you think of uh i love brain fart uh my can't remember shit my crs syndrome kind of just got activated um <laughs> okay <laughs> It is okay. But that's, that's you know, I shared the thing of the idea park with you that I do when I'm in these spaces, and mm -hmm. it's because things like this, everybody has them. It's just some people have better tools than I do, mm -hmm. and at times yeah. those tools, and they have re more resource to pay for those tools too. Which I'm learning yeah. that's a beautiful thing when you have money, um, because you can do so much more to make our life a little bit easier. But people yeah. don't realize. <laughs> that it's hard being poor yeah. is impossible oh it, it's God. it's like i mean i've lived on 
social security income my whole adult life. And it's only been in the last shorter period of time that I've been working, you know, consistently and without having a lot of interrupts and, and problems in that process. And it's like, oh my Lord, what you can do with money. I never knew, you know, I literally never knew because I grew up poor and now I'm, I continue to be, and I'm looking at different job opportunities because I am ready to move on to that next phase in my life. And it's like, seriously, what's it like to live on even $4,000 a month, you know, even $2,000 a month, you know, and then it took me forever to realize that when I was working, that extra little income was so, so different. It changed things. I finally felt like I had money to give to other people. And that helped me unlearn my scarcity mindset, you know, by giving and the joy that it gives from giving, whether you have it or not. Sometimes that's a gamble, but, you know, um, somebody says, hey, I have a need. And if you have a couple bucks you can share, sure, yeah, go for it. Because collectively and together, we can do so much more when that when the resources are shared amongst all of us and not kept totally up here to trickle down other places. and. Money doesn't trickle down. I'm just going to say that money has never been made to trickle down. So, no, yeah, no, no, you know, I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but yeah, money doesn't tri something else trickles down, but it ain't money. Yeah, but, the yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, I didn't, you know, what the good part about it, I didn't even get to any of my questions yet. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? So here's the thing, though, JB, because you and I have a similar shared experience, even though we don't really know each other's experiences all that well or anything else. But we have this mm -hmm. identity of disabled. Yeah. And we've lived a life of public, you know, of being on benefits and the juggle that's. I swear I have learned more of my project management skills from living my life with all the systems I have to be engaged in to know, oh yeah, this month I have three certifications for these issues to prove to them again that I'm still disabled enough for them to continue paying me this money. And then every time that happens, of course, there's a panic attack and a whole bunch of other things because you know, we rely on funding to have things like housing and food and healthcare and all of that other good stuff, you know? Um, you talked about your your uh, catheter thing. I had a Hickman catheter once upon a time. And um, my struggle point with that was more not so much that I couldn't change a dressing, but that I wasn't given enough dressing changes, which led me to a scarcity mindset of, oh, I can't change my dressing early because it's not going to be, my insurance won't replace this product. And I have to have the 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 special, you know, I'm allergic to adhesive. So trust me, having a Hickman was not a fun thing. <laughs> yeah. My wound back wasn't either, but you know, I'll save that gory story of, of that. But you know, mm -hmm. it, it's this ongoing, what we've, what we've shared, we know, mm -hmm. we feel that affinity of experience yeah. and that understanding of what it's like to literally have to be put in a position that we have to rub our nickels together to make babies and hope for those babies like no tomorrow when we know those babies are never going to show up yeah and, and you're you're venturing into a 
uh, a point about, and a lot of people really don't think about Social Security. And they t- if they do think about Social Security, they'll think about it, oh, it's just something for old people. And it's like, yeah, no, I'm literally receiving disability benefits, you know, and I'm only 38. And so my thing is, what's up? Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and you realize that most of your special services are going to be housed within senior services that don't even start to reconcile the reality of dealing with a 38-year-old compared to dealing with a 68-year-old. Yep. (laughs) And my thing is, this is like, for instance, This is this this might be uh, on a lighter tone, but being the thirty eight year old that I am, and by the way, I started out on disability at twenty three. Mm-hmm. Not getting enough benefits or even having uh, the housing uh, available to me, so that I can't afford to live on my own, has been, you know, mm-hmm. it hasn't been great. So when I want to live my life as an adult, including things like dating and socializing, things like that, well, I, I really couldn't do it because I had to live with family. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, <laughs> sorry in advance, but, you know, if, if you want to bring a date home or something like that, you couldn't do anything because I couldn't afford to live on my own. Because disability is a fixed income. And it was, you know, my, it was very close to how much I made in rent. So therefore I couldn't do, you know, you know, as far as dating that I wanted to do, or even things like, you know, uh, you know, going out just to relax on an afternoon in a park or something like that. Like there's there's so many things that I want to do that I just couldn't do. And the thing is that it's, it's, the, even even still, even though even if it's built for seniors, I'm like seniors still want to do those things too, right? So, yeah, but yeah. I've lived with family most of my life too. Um, the funniest, I think, and I have to interject this because we need a little bit of humor right now. Uh, the funniest period of time was when I was living with my mother, still in Indiana. And mm-hmm. we developed this sock on the door on her side. She needed to put a sock on the door to keep me away. <laughs> <laughs> and the clothes that I need to be more explicit about, about what a sock on the door means, it means these oh, things no, are oh, knocking oh, right oh, now. Oh, no, Miss Michelle, <laughs> I understood everything. Please continue. This is getting good. I wish I still had some tea. Right? I'm going to take a sip of water while you talk. Okay. <laughs> it, it just, that was... when you live with family you also live with their upbringing too you know and their rules and their requirements and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. um and it's one of those things that it's like who my mom would call me up and she'd go hey i know you just finished your appointment but could you go shop for a little bit longer my my friend's coming over and my mother literally just most and i shouldn't say this but my mother liked sex and she, she had a healthy sex relationship with herself as well. And I applaud her for that. Me too. Um, but she also had the worst choice in men. <laughs> but 
But I think that comes mm-hmm. from, again, our upbringing and our how yeah. we're trained and what we're shown is what's right or wrong, you know, and all of those things are just based in beliefs. And I mm-hmm. think that that's, as adults that live with our families, we often don't have the time to explore what it's like to be alone. Mm-hmm. Also add in on disability benefits, you're living with a check that you receive once a month and you don't have enough to cover the full month. So you literally could go on a date maybe to McDonald's once. Let's go on a, a, a you know a shared date here or you're relying on the other person to pay for it. And I don't know, it's kind of nice to be able to give people things, but it also kind of sucks to always have to receive things from others. Because there is enough of that capitalism still in me that says, I need to produce too. Um, But then it's like, how how do we dance with that? How do we reconcile that our production level is different from everybody else's? And the system is made to not accommodate my difference at a time when, you know, and and trust me, disabled people have sex too. I don't care what people think because they'd rather us just go away and hide that reality. But we're we're pretty much similar. Yeah, we get it in. <laughs> <laughs> when we can, how we can, and as creatively as possible. <laughs> Very creatively. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna move on, Miss Michelle, because people are gonna start looking at me weird in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are. I know all every single one of you are looking at me weird in the chat. Every single. I know you are. Anyway, so, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, to, to be serious, you know, I mean, like, for instance, and I said this, uh, I think, I think it was on disability panel uh, a few months back, but I said, why in the world is it that when somebody gets on social security disability or even social security retirement, they're not automatically eligible for things like section eight or, or housing voucher or something like that? Like, why? Like, and, and and then on top of it, it's like the a lot of the red tape that comes with it. You know, it's just like, it's almost as if, like, yeah, they don't make enough on these, you know, benefits in order to afford housing. So why don't we give them enough so that they can actually have housing? Or if you don't want to give it monetarily, just give us the resources, right? Or just help provide those resources. So food, uh, shelter. Why isn't there a subsidy for us to get clothing? You know how long it's been since I actually went clothes shopping? Okay. Oh, it's been more than de- more than a decade. More than a decade. Last time I went clo- actual clothes shopping was when I was back in high school over 20 years ago. So here's the crazy part. It's like, you know, but then there's this, well, you guys don't produce. So therefore, why should we take care of you? And it's like, but I I thought I had human value. You know what I mean? And we do the best we can, but some of us are differently able, you know? Right. And it's, Public housing programs for disabled people have been defunded over time, much like the 
the education funding for disabled students has been defunded over time. Oh, and yes. the thing that, you know, I think the thing that people need to realize is those are defunded by design. Yes. It is not rocket science when the local rents in my area, affordable rents, mind you, are $1,200 a month. And that's Ugh. on a low income tax credit project. So that's actually technically a version of subsidized housing. But why the frick has it taken the city of San, city of where I live, San Jose, to realize that people on public benefits, social security, SSI, general assistance, they don't have that much money to spend. So why is that the affordable housing rate for this area? And the deeper I go into governmental structures, it gets more and more interesting, but, but these things are defunded by design. So when we start to look at the 811 program, which is the disability housing program by section eight, which in 1996, I actually did get a voucher through Section 8 through that program. And then I wasn't educated on how that voucher could get transitioned from one state to another state to another state. So when I moved from one state to another, I lost the voucher, which was like that could have been for some people the a death sentence because... Yeah you know, we can't survive anymore. We've got public benefits that are here and we have cost of living that's up here. And until we remove and untrain our minds to see the capitalism and the policies and the racism and the ableism and the eugenics that is there, you know, we, we don't even understand what we need to catch or check or change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Alice Wong is currently experiencing a life crisis and so they you know started her family started and the community started a fundraiser for her because the systems want her to go into a skilled nursing center because they view her needs as too much too great and you know at least she's not in canada where they would also be pushing her to sign the maid paperwork to to, to kill themselves you know um we're living in dark times and we have to start to realize that we may be experiencing hardship, but everybody, many other people are as well. And yeah. just because you're not familiar with their experience doesn't give you that pass. You know, we all need to start to connect and be with everybody else in a way that builds and creates as opposed to destroy, destroys and, um, it's one person or one group against the other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're just going through it. My biggest question, and this is for all the people who are disabled across the pond, you know, in Europe, like they're experiencing a huge mm -hmm. influx in their energy bills because of this proxy war. And it's like, how are you dealing? First of all, Here's my biggest question. And maybe this is just the, the, the socialist in me. Why in the hell are we paying for utility bills, especially disabled people? Why? I mean, and by utility, I don't mean just electricity and water. I also mean internet. Because that's also and a phone. And, and phone. And yeah. phone. And phone. Yeah. 
why why is that why are we doing that you know and the thing is people talk about oh we just need to make profit and it's like yeah but these are essential things that help keep us alive you know like for instance People like yourself, you cannot survive without electricity because if you don't have electricity, your chair, essentially your legs, your prosthetic doesn't work. That means you cannot get to where you need to go, even around the house. Unfortunately, though, the system is made to where I have to leave my chair behind in an emergency. So how, I mean... It gets even, that's what I'm, I'm adding that layer of worse onto it, you know, is I have a chair that in the event of an emergency, an earthquake, a fire, a climate emergency that we're one right after another, you know, I'm currently in a housing building that's HUD, that's low income, it's senior, and 100 units don't have air conditioning, and we're in 105 degree weather. Mm-hmm. Seniors, disabled people. Human beings have needs. Some human beings, for no reason that they know of, don't like the heat and they don't tolerate the heat well because the heat makes them sick, regardless of if you're disabled, non-disabled, or just complaining because you want to complain. It's a valid complaint. Mm -hmm. We all need electricity as we advance forward into this climate crisis chaos that we've been that the capitalist class doesn't want to address because, oh, we need more money. We need more money. We need more oil. We need to destroy more of our lands. We need to pass the stupid IRA thing that was, or was it ERA? I can't read IRA, Inflation Reduction Act, that Mm -hmm. literally gives people land to drill on when we don't need more fucking drills. No, we don't. And mines and everything else, you know? But it's, it's tiring. It's draining. And it's like I look for those spaces of regeneration. And that's actually, ironically, I kind of find that found that via CJ and doing these podcasts because connecting and talking is, it, it's refreshing to have people that understand and want to put forward the needs of human beings in our, in our world in today's day and age. So yeah, I appreciate y'all. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I just, you know, I definitely appreciate being able to have these conversations because they're absolutely necessary. I love creative experiments added to to this conversation. They say, not to mention oxygen concentrators that need electricity and kills people when the power goes out. Wow. Yeah. And the thing with that, there are programs in California, especially like with the heat waves and the rolling power outages that we've started to experience. But those mm-hmm. programs are mostly created by non-disabled people. Even, even if they're implemented by disabled people, there's such a learning curve to doing it. My mother was on oxygen prior to her passing, and I had to get my head wrapped around the difference because my wheelchair, it can go a good distance without needing to be charged. Um, but her oxygen generator, she had tanks that would last two hours, two to three hours, but if we had the power go out at, at midnight or two o'clock, two in the morning, and she needed oxygen through the rest of the night, you know, what are we supposed to do? Um, and we don't have power. And I'm wow. sorry, backup generators are hella expensive. And then you have the gas ones that would just make everything toxic in your space anyways. But um, 
there's just it's just the complexity and the lack of the systems built without with intentionally trying to make people not need to be on public not want to be on public benefits mm-hmm. and it's it's just time that we stop and we start to realize that if you're on public benefits and you're what you're doing is because you're on public benefits you're able to do more with that support and not less so let's increase that support a little bit more so that we can do more too i mean trying to find a freaking job during covid has been horrible too because the pandemic protections whether right or wrong or whatever you know they're all removed so now i got an invite to speak at a at a panel as as a local woman leader female leader and i'm like grappling with the reality that i'm going to go into a room with 500 people and try not to get covid yeah that's going to be a little bit hard to do when yeah. zero protections are in place so yeah i'm in florida so you you know what i'm going through <laughs> but, right but yeah i just you know it's like we, we're all always having to go through this 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 jungle of complications when we're just trying to survive and you know there's a lot of us who are really just trying to make it as we go but it's hard and you know you'll have people go what's hard for everybody and it's like it's subjective yes but at the same time pump your brakes because some of us are going through it a little bit worse than others in, in many ways. And it's just like, it's just like when someone who's poor and white goes, I don't have white privilege. I've been poor my entire life. And it's like, yeah, no, your privilege isn't be, isn't because of your economic situation is that your life isn't made harder because of the color of your skin. Right. So when we talk about uh, uh, an, able, an able privilege, it's like your life isn't made more difficult by your ability, you know, within this system. Mm-hmm. So people who are more able-bodied, they don't necessarily have as big of a barrier between their means of survival than we do. Right. You know, and so there's a lot. And just like Holly Horn said, how many hoops? Too damn many to count. Right. So, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's because I know we, we have to wrap up fairly soon. But I, I do want to say budget cuts are coming, people. Mm-hmm as we reach the consequences of our government trying to hold on to the coffers they have, um, those budget cuts are gonna impact disabled people probably 10 times more than non-disabled people. Yeah. Um, Those budget cuts literally mean that I have to survive on less, you know, and they, I've had my in-home care cut before I've had, and I realize I have privilege because I have that in-home care, 
but I've had in-home care cut, I've had benefits cut, I've had monetary amounts cut, all at times when everybody else is struggling, but yet you want to take away those benefits from me that I don't have enough already. So let's take more away from the people that don't have enough. So we really need, I will say myself as a disabled person, I need people to start to catch those things around mm -hmm. when the budget cuts, what the potential complications and ramifications are to the disabled people, the around seniors and everything else. So we just, we have a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually did a poll on uh, my channel, and I would like to go to that poll because we got a couple minutes left uh, just to see where everybody is at. And so um, make sure I there we go. Uh, the poll was, do you know someone who is disabled in your personal life? Out of 36 votes, 69, I promise you I didn't make it that way. 69% said yes, 3% said no, and then 28% said I am disabled. So many people know somebody that's disabled. And, 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 and. I'm going to say it like we say in the black community, there are levels to this. <laughs> yeah. Meaning, you know, uh, people don't realize that somebody with glasses is disabled. And glasses is literally an eye prosthetic. So you have a disability. It's just that it's just not, you know, uh, as intrusive in your mean, in, in your way of producing things as it would be somebody like myself on dialysis. So, but yeah, every almost everybody knows somebody that's disabled in some way, shape, or form. And even for those that think they don't, they probably do. They just haven't realized it. Disability is still a stigmatizing condition that people hide and people mm -hmm. can't reconcile to being disabled because of all of the baggage that's heaped yeah. into that reality. Um, it's it's hard it's hard to be especially now that pariah in society you know that person that's like oh we just don't want you here right now you know because yeah. that means we'd have to be accountable and change and we don't want to be accountable and change and um or they don't want to accommodate yeah 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 so you know I, I also want, before we go, I also wanted to ask you this, because I, I want to leave on a more hopeful message, because I don't want to, I don't want to end on, ableist people ain't shit, um, even though it's the truth, uh, right. but, but I wanted to go with what, what does for people like us, what does an egalitarian society really look like in your eyes? What does that, you know, how, how, what does that look like, basically? Yeah, what's the, that's the best way I can put it. I think, to me, the one thing I've learned through poverty and through disability has been creativity. Um, mm -hmm. 
whenever I start to hear talk about egalitarian society and the first response maybe from somebody to bring up co-ops, it's like, well, yeah, co-op works, but if a co-op is made in a capitalist system, is it really a co-op? Um, because technically co-ops and solidarity economy practices have to all be created through a capitalist process mm-hmm. that can easily twist it and turn it. But for me, an egalitarian society is led by those most impacted and those most at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, because of our creativity, because of once we break the cult of individualism, you know, mm-hmm. once we break out of that and start to realize that together, collectively, we can do more, that's when we start to, to bring in those pieces, you know, and those most impacted, those most at risk, having that key voice in the decisions and the processes actually creates a better program than somebody who's like, well, I know what these people want and I think this is right and I haven't checked any of my privilege and this is the solution to defund social security and privatize it in a way that, you know, screws up everything. Um, so there's just those solutions to, but the, the process of an egalitarian society also requires intention and we have to learn how to set those intentions and we're not there yet so but to me egalitarian society means it's led by those most impacted most at risk um Mm. it's more fluid and dynamic it makes sure that that voices are are heard and represented so representational leadership is hugely important um Mm. and but we always have to do a both and approach with this is we're living in a non-egalitarian society. So how do we create this egalitarian society as a segue? And it's, it's just takes a lot of intention and we have to learn how to set those intentions. And um, you mentioned cap data earlier, and I really think it was a beautiful thing that we do need more of. Um, however, camping and disabled doesn't always get along because the the ability to adjust the situation to accessible, there's such a steep slope to do yeah. for that. Yeah. So it's, but it's a lot of that. I mean, it's a lot of what RBN has been doing, I feel, is even though we still bring our isms and our issues in with us and what our educations and our, you know, the propaganda is still there. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's not a very up answer. I'm sorry. (laughs) It was a thorough answer, and I deeply appreciate that. Uh, So just to, uh, you know, just to encourage everybody, uh, I put your uh, Medium um, profile in the description as well as your Twitter um also is there any other area where they can find you those are the i'd say the two primary ones and then there are links there to like my give butter account which is my uh my ongoing fundraising to to that i'm hoping at some point i can become more of a funder again instead of a a recipient of but for now i am a recipient um Mm -hmm. The give butter is linked though in my medium. So most things are kind of, I try to create a network that's somewhat connected. And mm-hmm. then I do use a pseudonym on most social media platforms, which is the Shell Pfeffer, which is versions of my name um, that just are, they, they're 
meaningful to me. So yeah, you can find me on Facebook with a similar Michelle, Michelle Pfeffer, I think is the identifier there as well. Um, yeah, so that's that. All right. Well, I, I, I hope that this uh, conversation between Michelle and I has been at least somewhat of an enlightening one uh, for those of us who are disabled. Um, and I would like to do a panel in the, in the, in the future, um, you know, so that we can, you know, get more in depth on this, but, you know, just like I did in RBN, but. Yeah. Another thing JB to consider too, is to start having like a, a um, more of a closed group for disabled people who like a resource share or a skills share, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something that. Yeah, because I think we need both. We need the public facing, but then we also need to do our internal work as well. So. Yeah, that's actually a good idea because there's a lot of times that, you know, uh, it's kind of tough because, you know, like for instance, if college was tuition free <laughs> and if we didn't have student loan debt, I would have already mm -hmm. went back to school. Yeah. You know, and the thing is that I'm afraid of student loans. I didn't go to college in the first place because I was afraid of student loans. And on top of it, I already did, you know, uh, training in culinary arts, you know, in my electives in my magnet high school. So I was like, nah, I'm, you know, I'm good until I got sick. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so I think that, you know, that's actually good because it didn't just opens a door. And even if we're not in the workforce, as it were, we can still use some of these abilities maybe in our mutual aid that, you know, because we don't have the financial ability, but we may have the skills in order to be able to help others. Right. And I think the creativity again is our, our strength, you know, the ability to come up with creative solutions mm -hmm. to not only my problems, but everybody, you know, I've helped many people through my lifetime by just giving them one little resource or this thought or you know that thought and i think that that's all it takes and i'm not saying that to be proud of it or to boast about it but more just because we all do those random acts on a regular basis it's just a matter of starting to see them in a slightly different way perfect well i'm going to leave the last word to you um look i Thank you so much for gracing me with your presence. It has been a pleasure to have you once again. My last word is going to be JB Rocks, and everybody needs to go to his coffee or his Patreon and give him a little love. Oh, thank um, you. Because I need JB's voice in this world, oh, and I need him to. I we all need to help facilitate having that voice and that energy present in these spaces. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I will catch you on the interwebs. I appreciate you so much. Take care, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Right. Bye. All right. So I just wanted to um, have this conversation. It is so important, the fact that we, you know, have these. Because like I was saying to Michelle earlier, those of us who are disabled are typically invisible, uh, especially in this country. We're usually cast aside. We're usually said, you know, don't want to see you, don't want to hear you. 
until we end up really, you know, making, you know, making noise, so to speak. You know what I mean? And then once we make that noise, then it's kind of like, all right, here, you know? And uh, I just want it to be more of an empathetic look at those of us who are the most disenfranchised and go, well, what about this person? What about that person? And then we actually build a system around making sure that they're okay. And so once we do that, I think that the future looks brighter for all of us collectively. So, yeah. So I also want to let you guys know, uh, I know I'm a little bit behind, but I'm going to be doing the reading of Blood in My Eye by George Jackson, as well as continue the reading of Dirty Choose by Michael Parenti. So be sure to look forward to that. Also at 9 p.m. this evening, there will be a special broadcast of the JB, JB Font channel. I will be having on John Stasevich, who is an independent presidential candidate running for president in 2024. We're going to have a conversation along with Eric Red. Uh, he's going to be joining me as well. I'm actually very excited for that conversation. We're going to be covering a lot of topics ranging, you know, uh, from domestic policy to foreign policy and everything else in between. So I want to make sure that you guys are here for that. Be in the chat at 855 this evening. So you guys are available for that as well. Um, and I also will be, I won't be on the RBN live this afternoon. In fact, I need to leave right after this because I actually have a doctor's appointment. Yep, I'm disabled. I got to go. So I'll be, you know, I won't be there live, but make sure to tune in at 4 p.m. for RBN Live. I'm sure they're going to have some really great conversations about some good stuff uh, today. Uh, <laughs> I don't steal, baby. We collaborate. We cooperate. You know what I'm saying? That's what I do. <laughs> But yeah, he's going to be joining me as well. And I can't wait to have that conversation. Eric has been a very brilliant voice. Uh, so I also deeply appreciate him also joining in on this conversation. And uh, be sure to tune in to Savvy and JB show this Thursday at 6. <laughs> I don't know why I had to do that. My brain just went, like, went blank for a second. But make sure to do that. And... Um, yeah, so I can't wait for this discussion this evening. So, uh, continuously also keep in mind people who are like me, the people who are disabled in your life, uh, please just continuously look at people through an empathetic lens, you know, be kind to others. Holly, I will give your grandmother forehead kisses Mwah! to your grandmother and to you too. Mwah! And to all y'all, right? Because that's how JB does. So I just want to tell you guys to water your plants, water yourselves, leave the world better than you found it. Smoke them if you got them, drink them if you got them. If you ain't got them, just laugh and live life to the fullest. I just want to say thank you to everybody who's a coffee patron as well as a patron on Patreon. Thank you so much for without you guys. I would not be here. And forehead kisses to every single one of you. Ah, and I'm about to go. When I think of home, I think of a place where there's love overflowing. I wish I was home. I wish I was back there with things 
I've been doing.